Open borders in the United States equals world government. Ben and Jerry's is anti-Bible. And the end time red spirit of communism all in the news today. We will analyze these events from a biblical perspective on this edition of End of the Age. You're listening to an End of the Age Encore presentation. Well, good afternoon, everybody. I'm Dave Robbins with End Time Ministries. Thank you so much for joining me on this edition of End of the Age. Now, this is kind of part, this is kind of part two from yesterday. There was so much information on, in the news that I had to do like a two-part segment here. And we're going to get off into the border crisis. This is one of the things that I'll cover today. Many of you know what's going on down here on our southern border. And it is an effort to implement the edicts of the world government. Now, I'm going to tie all this in here in just a moment. But if you look at a big timeline from Zechariah, Ezekiel, Daniel, many of the Old Testament prophets to Revelation 22... There's a giant timeline of events that we're following here. And some of them were one-time events that will just happen and done. The the third temple uh, is going to be built on the Temple Mount. That'll happen, and then we know it happened, and it's done. But then some events are ongoing, uh, i.e. the the world government that's being established. That's going to happen from here to the second coming of Jesus Christ. The... World religious system that has been being established for years. That's going to be in play all the way to the second coming. And then the mark of the beast system. There will come a time when it's implemented, but we're watching precursors to that. Well, that's what this, um, the efforts towards this border situation, or I should say the non-effort actually, on the part of the United States government to protect our border. It's part of the ongoing fulfillment of Bible prophecy and this one world government that's being established. So let me tell you what I mean. On July 23rd of last year, the Washington Examiner stated that officials had said that 186,000 people from 130 of the 195 nations, including China, Mexico, many others, were stopped from entering the country since the beginning of the year. Now, this is a year ago, and they said people from 130 different countries, okay? So there's people pouring across our border from all over the world. And who knows who's coming in? Who knows what they're bringing in with them? Whether it be human trafficking, drugs, All kinds of stuff. Terrorist uh, weapons. And so, not not everybody's bringing that in, but I'm just saying, you can only imagine if people aren't aren't coming in legally, you got to wonder. And I want to say at the outset that I am not 
anti-immigration. I don't care if people come to America. My ancestors come to America. But I believe that they need to come legally, like any country in the world. Come in, be vetted, and we want to know who's coming into our country, right? And what are they bringing with them? What, what, what are your intentions? And, and, you know, they need to be vetted. If, if they're on the FBI's most wanted list, then we want them picked up at the border, right? But our federal government doesn't have, seem to want to do that. Senator John Kennedy told Fox News that 2 million illegal immigrants will enter the United States this year due to the actions of the Biden administration. We're on ta- if, if we keep going like we are, 2 million illegal immigrants this year in the United States, right across our southern border. You know, most of the drugs that are coming across our border are not from Mexico. Most of the drugs coming across are from China because they realize they could never fly it in here on a plane, but they can fly it into Mexico and then just walk it right across our southern border. Well, why wouldn't our government, why wouldn't a Joe Biden administration bring our military back? He's bringing it back out of Afghanistan. Why not put them on our border in the south and protect our border? Why not do that? It would be very simple. Well, there's a reason behind that. World government. He's a globalist. He believes in a world government. I mean, so Texas governor, uh, Greg Abbott, he has said that President Joe Biden's open border policies have led to a humanitarian crisis at our southern border as a record level of illegal immigrants, drugs, contraband are just pouring into Texas, New Mexico, Arizona. And it's just it's coming across and people we've got the, the news uh, teams are just videoing people just pouring across the border. And he is saying, Governor Greg Abbott, that while securing the border is the federal government's responsibility, that Texas is not going to sit idly by as this crisis just grows totally unmanageable. And so Texas is having to defend, doing the best we can to defend our own national border. And so you might be sitting there saying, well, okay, Dave, I understand that. That's what's going on in the news. And then really, until you step back and look at the entire situation, you really don't know what's going on. You just think, well, hey, we, they're not protecting our border because they've got, you know, this, they're, they're trying to be humanitarian and that's not it. So what does this all have to do with Bible prophecy? That's the question, right? We're analyzing this from a prophetic standpoint. Well, prophecies foretell the establishment of a world government in the end time. The current immigration crisis on our southern border is part of the ongoing fulfillment of this prophecy. You understand that the United Nations is the seat of that world government and they have a plan to govern every person on the planet and they even want to govern the migration of people around the world. So they do not want a country built, protecting their border, not allowing the United Nations to govern the migration of people around the world. They don't want that. They want to be able to dictate to the nations of the world and tell them what to do. So they don't want borders up. So this is what's going on on our southern border. And President Trump realized this. And I'll get into that as we go along. But the patriot American... Alex Newman, 
wrote an article. And his question on the title was, is the United Nations behind the migration going on around the world and at the U.S. border? Alex Newman is with the New American. So the article, I'll go, I'll read some excerpts of this as we go through here, but he will absolutely prove that the United Nations is behind the efforts to globally govern migration. President Trump knew about it, pulled us out of the global compact on migration, and President Biden is, he's actually cooperating, and we'll talk about it here in just a moment on the other side of the break. Major internet companies are silencing and censoring Christian voices online. These companies are trying to control what you see and hear. Almost 200 videos of ours have been marked as restricted online right now. That's why we launched End of the Age Plus, a platform where the truth won't be censored, a platform where we can preach the message of the gospel. When you subscribe to End of the Age Plus today for just $12.99 a month, you can watch all of our content in a secure, easy-to-view way from your favorite device. When you go to watch.endtime.com and subscribe, you'll get instant access to all of our teaching resources, including Revelation, the Unveiling of Jesus Christ, Understanding the End Time, End Time Magazine, and so much more. We will not censor our message to comply with what the world deems as politically correct. Go to watch.endtime.com right now or search End of the Age Plus in the App Store or Google Play. We've seen Bible prophecy fulfilled like never before. From the halls of the United Nations to the Temple Mount in Jerusalem, End Time Ministries continues to reveal the Bible prophecy in the news headlines around the world every day. Whether it's through our broadcast or online at our Jerusalem Prophecy College, your gifts enable us to put vital materials in the hands of those who need it most. Because of you, we continue to replace fear with faith in the hearts of Christians around the world we will continue to see prophecy come to pass at an even swifter pace. We need your support. Your donation of any amount enables us to continue to broadcast and be a voice in the ever-growing censored media. To become a partner or give a one-time gift, visit endtime.com or call 1-800-END-TIME. Right now, that's 800-363-8463. Go online now. Visit endtime.com. You're listening to an End of the Age Encore presentation. So, I'm going to prove to you that the United Nations is involved in the effort to bring people into the United States. Before I do, I've got a quick announcement. This coming weekend, July 24, from 6 to 8 p.m., I will be at the Bethel Tabernacle in 1020 FM 1960 East in Houston, Texas. And I will be teaching the future according to Bible prophecy, the big timeline we put together. And then on Sunday morning, July 25th, from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m., I'll be teaching breaking prophetic fulfillments. And if everything leads in that direction, we'll have a big Q&A session at the end of that from the crowd where you can ask a question. And uh, then I'll do my best to answer it. It's always a good time. I look forward to seeing many of you in Houston. We've been having great crowds at our conferences. And no, you do not have to wear a mask. (laughs) And we will never um, 
force anybody to wear a mask at one of our end-time conferences because I'm not going to be wearing a mask. And so the masks don't do any good anyway. But anyway, that's another topic for another day. However, I look forward to seeing you guys down there Saturday night, Sunday morning in Houston. We're on the north side of Houston. I've already been down to Houston this year. We were on the south side. Now we're on the north side. And so look forward to seeing many of you in Houston, Texas this coming weekend. All the information is at endtime.com under the events and then the conferences tab. Now, the United Nations role in immigration policy is growing worldwide with the establishment of a UN network of migration in dozens of countries to facilitate large migratory flows that are sparking an alarm among American border security advocates already concerned about this mass migration, possibly 2 million this year, and the escalating crisis at the U.S.-Mexico border. So I'm, I'm, I want to take some excerpts from Alan, Alex Newman's um, article here. He says that the U.N. networks, which are led by a coalition of U.N. agencies, exist to support the implementation of controversial, this global compact for safe, orderly, and regularly, regular migration, GCM. It was adopted by the United Nations and over 150 of its member states in December of 2018. Among the other goals, the global agreement aims to facilitate the expansion of what the United Nations describes as regular migration. So if they want to govern that, then a nation's borders is in the way, right? So they say they want to provide more legal pathways for would-be immigrants seeking to resettle in wealthier countries such as, guess where? The United States. While the United States government has not been formally involved in this UN effort of recent years to transform global migration policy, that may be changing. And multiple sources have told this to the Epic Times. Many of you follow that. So under the new administration, the Joe Biden administration, the U.S. government has attended several of these GCM, the Global Compact on Migration Regional Reviews, reviewing progress on implementation of the compact in all the regions of the world. Now, President Trump pulled us out of this. He said that you're not going to do that to the American people. But Joe Biden and his administration is sending representatives to these meetings. And I wanted you to understand really what's going on here. The article goes on to say this is great because even though the U.S. does not talk about any progress, I'm not saying this is great. This is what they're saying. Even though the U.S. doesn't talk about their progress, they said that they would engage much more. And they said that they are reconsidering all discussions and that they are willing to participate much more in these forums. This global compact on migration, the U.N.'s effort to manage the migration of people around the earth. So the U.N. Refugee Agency already works closely with the U.S. government agencies and non-governmental organizations that are responsible for resettling refugees. Here it is in the United States of America. So what do you do? You can't fly them in here on tons of planes, right? So if you want millions of people to come in, 
How do you do that? You can't work a deal with American Airlines and Delta to say, hey, we're going to fly millions of illegal immigrants in on your planes. Can't do that. So what do you got to do? You've got to not protect your border and allow them to pour across. That's exactly what's happening. The international, this, the international organizations are talking about this, and they add that the U.S. program is the largest in the world. Back in 2018, they were citing concerns over sovereignty and the interest of the American people, and the President Trump's administration rejected the U.S. involvement in the U.N.'s signature immigration effort to date, the Global Compact on Migration. Nikki Haley pulled us, uh, well, I guess it was the uh, former Secretary of State, Ben uh, Rex Tillerson, and Nikki Haley, they pulled us out. Said it's not going to happen here under the Trump administration. However, the Biden the, the Obama administration had signed us on to it, but uh, that didn't, or I think it maybe have happened earlier, but the Trump administration, once they realized what was going on, no, not going to happen with us. However, the Biden administration is warming up to the international agreement and becoming more involved in the process, even sending U.S. representatives to these regional meetings on the compact. And this growing um, United Nations push on global migration, combined with the ongoing charges in immigration policy, these changes between the Trump and the Biden administration. So you understand, when President Biden came in, Donald Trump was pulling us out of a lot of this. When Joe Biden came in, he almost just was signing executive orders as fast as he could. Just say, he. I think he just said, okay, stack up every policy that Donald Trump pulled us out of because I'm going to push us back in. That's almost what happened. And so there was a huge dynamic going on here between the Trump and the Biden administrations. And they have n- numerous U.S. organizations dedicated to border security. They're, de- they're very concerned. I mean, obviously. Imagine going down there with close to 2 million people in one year trying to storm your border and stop that from happening. Now, if they were to come in, they were coming legally, that'd be great. Come on. Come one, come all. But let us vet you. Let us make sure. What, what are your intentions? Uh, you know, do, do, are you a terrorist? I mean, we want to know, right? So, in interviews with the Epic Times, several leading figures in the immigration debate spoke out against the U.N. migration networks and the U.N. effort to get the U.S. government officially involved. But, get this, the United Nations. Now, you understand the United Nations, the seat of world government in the earth. Uh, Alger Hiss wrote the, he was the architect of the um, U.N. Charter. He was a communist spy. The UN, United Nations was created to be a communist, one-world governing body. Well, that one-world governing body, this communistic one-world governing body, is pleased with Joe Biden's actions. So far, the Biden administration has not publicly made any concrete moves to rejoin the UN Compact for Safe and Orderly Regular Migration that, was, that President Trump pulled us out of. However, its actions on this issue 
have been praised by the United Nations and its International Organization for Migration, which is leading to uh, the charge to promote the GCM. So the International Organization for Migration, the IOM, they are applauding Joe Biden's plans to address the drivers of migration and advance safe, orderly, and regular migration in the region. So you want to know what's going on on our southern border right now? It's World Government 101. Doing away with the borders, establishing a global state that answers to a world government. That's what's happening. It's not by accident that we can't get people to go down to the border, see what's going on, and to stop it. They could do it. it put our military down there and stop it. It would be over. But why won't they? So the UN organization has talked about these things in statements released in early February using the precise language of the Global Migration Pact. So... The Biden administration's executive actions on immigration, they say that they, the UNIOM has said that they will provide a framework to expand refugee settlement. And they added that in reference to Biden's orders, will in, is that it's going to increase the cap on refugees from less than 20,000 per year to over 120,000. But we know it's much more than that. I mean, they're just, they're pouring across and honestly, I feel sorry for the people coming across. I mean, they're being, who knows what they're being told, but they're coming across to many of them are being put in detention centers. A lot of different things are happening. They're being bussed all over the country. And what a travesty. But as soon as the, the Biden administration took office, the United Nations suggested that the U.S. government should re-engage in the U.N.'s international efforts on global migration because they realized they had an ally in the White House, right? President Biden's a globalist. He believes in a one-world government. The one-world government, since we're way off into this now, we know that the current efforts towards a world government is the world government that's prophesied 2,000 years ago in Revelation chapter 13. So... Uh, the United Nations Secretary General, Antonio Guterres, he issued a statement on President Biden's first day, and he was expressing hope that the new administration would join the Global Compact on Migration. He said, this partnership is needed now more than ever as we seek to provide assistance, protection, and sustainable solutions, because this all goes back to the Sustainable Development Goals, to the displacement of records of numbers of people who have been forced to flee their homes as a result of a conflict. Well, that's not all. They, and also they say violence or disaster or, or, and this is one of the biggest ones, they're just simply migrating in the hopes of finding a better life for themselves and their families. That was, that's, um, Antonio Guterres of the United Nations said that. So they want to tell everybody in the nightly news, well, they're all, all these immigrants are fleeing a war-torn country or something like that. No, that's not true. Many of them are simply wanting to have the American dream. And I say, there's nothing wrong with that. And because the American dream is very real. However, you cannot come across illegally and do that. Come across 
get vetted, put in all the paperwork, and hey, become a citizen. I feel sorry for a lot of the people, honestly. It's a horrible situation. But there are people that are just pushing. It's agenda-driven, everybody. You understand what's going on. So President Trump actually led the global opposition to this. Under the Trump administration, he sought to reduce illegal immigration and some forms of legal immigration into the United States in favor of merit-based programs. The UN's efforts to boost uh, its involvement in migration policy received a cold shoulder, which it should have. Didn't we sign a declaration of independence? Not interdependence, but independence. So we would not be governed by any foreign entity. But we've got an administration in there now that is pro-world government, pro-a foreign entity. So now you can see what's going on at our southern border. Now, if you live in Maine, it doesn't affect you that much. But if you live in Texas or New Mexico or Arizona, these southern states that are just feeling the brunt of it, I mean, it's firsthand, right? So, and it will bleed over into the other states before long. But it represented... Um, President Trump's administration represented a clean break from the Obama administration, which in 2016 played a key role in the United Nations New York Declaration for Refugees and Migrants that eventually led to the Global Compact on Migration negotiated at, in the December, the December 2018 summit in Morocco. So President Trump actually blasted the effort. And it was a forceful statement that was released by the U.S. State Department in December 7th of 2018. And it slammed the global, global Compact on Migration as a flagrant attack on sovereignty that was unacceptable by the United States. He actually said the compact and the New York Declaration of Refugees and Migrants, which called for the development of the compact and commits to strengthening global governance. This is exactly what they're trying to do. They do not care about the people coming across no more than Santa Claus cares about the Easter bunny. They don't care about that stuff. They don't care about their protection, their safety. It's all about strengthening global governance, societal conditioning. It's them letting the United States know that we can do whatever we want, whenever we want. And if we've got people, our people on the inside, they'll allow it to happen. And so I've got just a little bit more to go on this topic. I'll hit it after the break, but what's going on the southern border is really, it is a crisis and it's something that needs to be stopped. I would love to help the people in any way I could, but they need to come in legally, just like everybody else, every other country in the world. You've got to go in legally. And that's what's happening on our southern border. I wanted you to know about it from a prophetic perspective. Does the book of Revelation frighten you? Do its symbols confuse you? For centuries, the book of Revelation has been misunderstood and misinterpreted. In Revelation, the unveiling of Jesus Christ, volume one, Irvin Baxter unlocks the mystery of the book of Revelation with in-depth analysis and commentary like you've never heard before. This 10-part definitive DVD series and 268-page comprehensive commentary book covers the first 12 chapters of the book of Revelation, featuring on-location photography, 
classic artwork, and symbolic illustrations, you'll walk away with complete understanding and peace about the events happening during the final years on Earth. These comprehensive study tools, available for $299, will deepen your biblical understanding as you dig into the original intent of the book, answering the mysterious prophecies and symbols of the book of Revelation. Don't miss this special offer. Call now, 1-800-END-TIME, or go to endtime.com to order. Call or go online now to get this comprehensive Bible study. Move Mountains with Irvin Baxter. This book by Irvin's grandson provides 30 days of devotion that will enhance your relationship with God and others. Authentic illustrations from early morning devotions at end time will help you find your purpose and eliminate fears. Commit to taking this 30-day journey and experience real life change. Get your book for only $14.99. Call 1-800-363-8463 or go to endtime.com slash move. If your station only carries the first 30 minutes of End of the Age, go to endtime.com and click the watch button to continue today's broadcast. You can also finish up later by clicking the archive button. You're listening to an End of the Age Encore presentation. So the State Department under the United, under the uh, Trump administration, actually said that, hey, we're opposed to this because the Global Compact on Migration is all about strengthening global governance for international migration. And it contains goals and objectives that are inconsistent and incompatible with U.S. law and our policy and the interest of the American people. So, and they also added that the U.S. government objected. Now, again, this is the Trump administration because the Joe Biden's administration is actually acting the total opposite. But they added that the U.S. government objected to and would not be bound by the U.N. deal. But now the Joe Biden administration, he's sending representatives to these negotiations and these deals to see, hey, how can we, how can we make this happen? So the United States actually proclaims and reaffirms its belief that decisions about how to secure its borders. Now, this is the Trump administration and whom to admit for legal residency to grant citizenship are among the most important sovereign decisions a state can make and are not subject to negotiation or review in international instruments. This was by the um, our State Department under Trump. And they added that the U.S. government would maintain the sovereign right to control its borders. Well, you wonder why they wanted to get rid of Trump so bad, right? Because he was not going to bow down and yield up the sovereignty of American citizens to the United Nations. That's really what's going on here. You wonder why they demonized President Trump's family. They had to get rid of him at all cost. That's because he would not play ball with the world government. He, would, he had the United States. He was pulling us out of much of that. That's what's really going on here. And beyond that, the Trump administration said that the U.N. efforts represented an empty an attempt by the U.N. to advance global governance at the expense of the state rights of the states to manage their immigration. And it was not in accordance with our national laws, policies, and our interests. They said that straight up. And that... Um, while the United States does honor contributions by the main immigrants or, uh, who helped to build our nations, 
We can't support this compact or process that which processes that which impose or has the potential to impose international guidelines, standards, expectations, or commitments that might constrain our ability to make decisions in the best interest of our citizens. So the State Department just told us straight up what was going on. Now, among other concerns, the Trump administration said that the UN Compact was a threat to free expression, immigration enforcement, American workers, and even a proper understanding of our rights. So what did he do? Under the Trump administration, absolute withdrawal from the Global Compact on Migration. Why did he do that? Well, and this is the crux of the matter here, and then we'll get on to something else here in just a moment. But Strobe Talbot, you remembered, he was president of the Brookings Institute from 20, let's see, 2002 to 2017, former uh, deputy secretary of state under Bill Clinton. And he stated it very clearly. He wrote an article back in 92 in Time Magazine, The Birth of a Global Nation. And he said this, and I want to quote, because this is what they're trying to create right now. He said, in the next century, nationhood as we know it, or the nation state, i.e. the United States of America, somebody that wants to protect their borders, he said the nationhood as we know it is going to be obsolete. He said all states will recognize a single global authority. And that's the goal of every globalist along with the United Nations. The removal of national borders and the creation of a single global community which answers to a world government. You want to know what's going on on our southern borders? That's what's going on. Strobe Talbot called it perfectly back in 1992. Well, for this to happen, you say, oh, that'll never happen in the United States. It's happening. For, or they're, they're attempting to make it happen. I'll put it like that. I mean, for this to happen, think of it. Nations would need to just throw their, open, their borders wide open. And that is exactly what the United Nations is pressing the Joe Biden administration to do. I mean, so if you think about the United Nations Global Compact for Migration, according to the United Nations' own website, this global compact is a significant opportunity to improve the governance on migration, to address the, the challenges associated with today's migration, and to strengthen the contribution of migrants and migration to sustainable development. Like I said, everything goes back to the sustainable development goals the socialistic blueprint of the United Nations to govern every person on the planet. So essentially, the United Nations wants to even out the inequalities among countries through the movement of people around the world in an orderly fashion. And this is a necessary step to the implementation of global socialism. The the United Nations, through the Sustainable Development Goals, I won't take time to go through all that, but they want to dictate Every single thing that happens to every nation on the planet, including they want to be able to say, we want to, there's too many people here. We want to move some out of there and move them into your country, whether you like it or not. So don't say anything about it. Don't protect your borders. And we're going to push people in there by the millions. Well, guess what? Look at our southern border in the United States right now. You wonder what's driving all of this? You say, well, oh, it's just... It's accidental. It just happened, you know, by accident. No, no, it did not. Somebody's driving all of this, folks. 
Um, Andrew Arthur, he served as the um, resident fellow in the law and policy for the Center of Im- uh, for Immigration Studies. He described the situation like this, and I'm quoting. He said, were the United States to continue in the global compact on migration, and were that compact to push to achieve the sustainable development goals, the United States would essentially have to implement an open borders policy to even make a dent in the inequality among nations. Well, guess what, folks? Do you think President Biden has an open border policy going on? Now, if you ask him, he would say, oh, absolutely not. But why isn't he protecting the southern border right now? I mean, imagine if you were a drug smuggler. You'd be as happy as could be. Because you got you can bring all this junk right across the border pretty easily, right? And really, just like the Paris Climate Agreement, the Global Compact on Migration is you is to be used to implement the global management system of the sustainable development goals. They all goes back to that. And that's why the United States decided to end their participation in that U.S. the U.N. process of the global compact on migration. And once the Trump administration recognized more global governing restrictions on the United States, that's what it was about, that they simply withdrew from the global compact on migration. They said, no, it's not going to happen here in the United States. So, World Government 101. You're watching it happening right now. There's a tug of war in the United States. There are people in the United States that are against yielding up our sovereignty to a one world governing body. And so they're fighting against it. Now, Greg Abbott, the the Texas governor, he actually thinks he's fighting against Joe Biden because he's having to, Texas is having to protect our national border. But really, that's not who he's fighting against. Joe Biden is being is doing what he's told. And the United Nations is trying to push, push, push. They're trying to get him to move straight off back into the global compact on immigration. And he hasn't stated right out, yes, we will do that. But in essence, he is doing it. Because why not just go down there, build the wall? Have some places where people can come through the ports of entry and let them come across legally and manage it. Why not do that? Ask yourself that question. Because he's on board with world government. He's a globalist. That's what's going on on our southern border. Again, I'm not against immigration. But come in legally like everybody else. What's wrong with that? If it's legal, you wouldn't have a problem. But with me, it's really the world government trying to tell the United States of America, supposedly a free nation, right, who signed a Declaration of Independence because we come out from the tyranny of of King George. We didn't want to be ruled by a foreign entity. So we have our forefathers fought and died. They shed their blood to purchase this freedom that we have. And then we've had... hundreds of thousands of people that have died since then to protect that freedom. But if you've got somebody who's a globalist, they're going to be willing just to yield it up because it's agenda driven at this point. And that's really what's going on 
on our southern border. Now, let me shift gears, and I'll try to go through at least one more, maybe two, for the end of the program. This is all Bible prophecy, folks. We're watching it happen. But the Times of Israel, they reported that Ben and Jerry's ice cream that says it will end sales of their ice cream in the occupied Palestinian territory. Now, you understand that the Bible says, Matthew chapter 24, Jesus warned that when you see the abomination of desolation occur, when the Antichrist will stand in a rebuilt Jewish temple claiming to be God, that you would, that the Jews in Judea would need to flee. So there's going to be a geopolitical situation going on at that time. We know there's going to be a two-state solution created. And the Jews living out in the West Bank, Judea, Samaria out there, will need to flee because they're going to be under the reign of, in the Palestinian jurisdiction. Well, the area out there, the international community, we can see the stage being set for this because the international community is against those settlers out there that are that settled out in the West Bank. They're against them. They say it's illegal for them to be out there in the eyes of the international community. So they're getting corporations and different things around the world. It's really a Palestinian-led thing, but it's the world government could stop it. But they've got an agenda-driven thing. It's called BDS, Boycott, Divest, and Sanction. And a lot of people are getting on board with that. Now, I'm not saying Ben and Jerry's is specifically with the BDS, the Boycott, Divest, and Sanction. But what they're doing is in the, on, they're in the same lane as them. Now, so what's going on? Well, the Ben and Jerry's ice cream giant, they announced Monday that they will no longer distribute their products in the, they, they say, the occupied Palestinian territory, apparently referring to the West Bank settlements, though the flavors will remain available in Israel. So you understand, there's Israel proper, and then there's the West Bank. So that's the area in question here. They actually said that we believe that it is inconsistent with the values of Ben and Jerry's ice cream, to sell their ice cream in the occupied Palestinian territory, and that they also hear that and hear and recognize the concerns shared with us by their the Ben and Jerry's fans of the ice cream and trusted partners, the company said in a statement. Well, occupied Palestinian territory, that's wrong. That's a wrong statement. That's a that's a misleading statement. And I'm going to tell you why when we get back and why it's anti-Bible that they should be against those Jews that live out there in the settlements. Most of us walk around day by day blind to the prophecies being fulfilled right before us. Every news report brings a new piece to the puzzle in the race towards the final seven years and the second coming of Jesus Christ. Now, more than ever, it is important for God's people to understand the times in which we are living. On November the 12th, 2013, 
we opened our Jerusalem Prophecy College in downtown Jerusalem. These same courses are now available online for people who are unable to attend the classes in person. We welcome students to join us and discover the link between current events and the prophecies of the Bible. Take your place in the prophecy of Daniel 11.33. Enroll in the Jerusalem Prophecy College today. Go to JerusalemProphecyCollege.com. You're listening to an End of the Age Encore presentation. Now, what Ben and Jerry's ice cream is doing is they are promoting, in doing this, they're promoting the Palestinian cause rather than the Israeli cause in this situation. I mean, Ben and Jerry's is really ignoring historical facts by calling Judea Samaria occupied Palestinian territory. When we take our tours to Israel, we always make sure everybody understands that it is not occupied Palestinian territory. That's what the international community wants to label it, occupied Palestinian territory. And what it does, it gets people in the mindset of, well, hey, those Jews that are living out there, they're in the wrong and we shouldn't support them. But that's not true. It's a misleading statement. And they call it this Judea and Samaria occupied Palestinian territory because uh, since the territories were, they, they were, it's a misleading statement because the territories they were never a part of an entity called Palestine. There's never been a Palestinian state, in other words. Israel captured the West Bank from Jordan in the 1967 Six Days War. Jordan, up until that point, had illegally occupied that area from 1949 to 1967. It was never, that area was never the Palestinians' territory. So to say that those settlers out there are occupying Palestinian territory, that's totally, that's a false narrative. So today there are more than 400,000 Israeli settlers that live out there, not including the ones that live in East Jerusalem. I'm just talking about the way out there, Judea, Samaria area. And most of the international community considers the settlements illegal and an impediment to the creation of an independent Palestinian state, the two-state solution. So Israel sees the territory as disputed territory. There's a big difference in disputed and occupied. And it says that the fate of the settlements has to be resolved in peace negotiations with the Palestinians. So the term occupied Palestinian territory, that's also anti Bible, you understand. Genesis uh, fifteen eighteen. It says, "In the same day, the Lord uh, made a covenant with Abram before his name was changed to Abraham, and it said unto thy seed, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and that lineage, I will give this land, the promised land, from the great river in Egypt all the way up to the great river in the river Euphrates." So. You could, modern day Israel today is just a small sliver of the original promised land. The only time Israel had the entire promised land, they controlled that, 
was under the reign of King David and King Solomon. Well, now um, they only have a, a small sliver of that. But God promised them all of that land. I mean, even um, the area of uh, going, going clear up into Syria to the Euphrates River. That's actually Israel's. Way down unto the river in Egypt is Israel's, according to God and according to the Bible. Deuteronomy chapter 1 verse 8 says, Behold, I have set the land before you when the Israelites were coming in. Go in and possess the land which the Lord sware unto your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give unto them and their seed after them. So that's actually Israel's land. It's not the Palestinians' land. But in the news, you hear about it all the time as well. The Palestinians have a right to a two-state solution. No, they do not. Not in the eyes of God, not scripturally. So don't, you can't, this is agenda-driven, everybody, remember. So the 1967 war was known as the War of Redemption. Well, the Jewish people, the, the religious people in particular, they were just absolutely exhilarated about what God had done. We, we took, I mean, they took the um, Temple Mount, the, the, the holy basin there, East Jerusalem, and they drove the Jordanians, which had illegally occupied it up to that point, all the way back across the Jordan Valley to the modern day um, borders. So the religious individuals, they were, just, they were just excited out of their mind. Well, God had given a commandment. When I bring you into the land... That I promised to your fathers, Abraham, to your father Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, you were to occupy that land. So the religious Jews, that's what they did. They went out and they found territory that was unoccupied out there, and they began to build cities all over Judea and Samaria. And then Israel eventually annexed East Jerusalem, including the old city and the holy sites, the temple, and different places, and it considers the whole city the undivided capital of the Jewish state, which is it, which it is. And the Palestinians claim the eastern part of, as the capital of a future state, which it is not. It, it's going to be, but in the eyes of God and the Bible, it's not theirs. And the international community sees Israeli neighborhoods um, there's, there as settlements and a designation um, that Israel disputes this, what the international community says. So it's not occupied, it's not occupied Palestinian territory. It's disputed territory. There's a big difference. Zechariah 12, 7 says, The Lord also shall save the tents of Judah first. You say, well, eh, nobody really cares about them people. I mean, Ben and Jerry's doesn't even want to sell them ice cream anymore. People look down their nose at them. But you shouldn't do that because God doesn't. Zechariah 12, 7 states, The Lord also shall save the tents of Judah first, that the glory of the house of David and the glory of the inhabitants of Jerusalem do not magnify themselves against Judah. You say, well, what in the world does that mean? Well, it's commonly known that all of Israel will turn to Jesus Christ and be saved at the Battle of Armageddon. However, this scripture tells us that a revival will come to the Jews of Judea first. Why did the passage say that God would save the tents of Judah so that the rest of Israel will not boast against Judah? Well, again, look at the situation. 
today the Jews living in pre-67 borders, Israel, or, or considered Israel proper. Now, Ben and Jerry's ice cream, they said that they would actually continue to sell ice cream to Israel proper. But just not out to Judea Samaria area. So the Jews living in pre-1967 Israel, let's call it that, they look down on the Jews in Judea. They view them as a religious extremist that are causing trouble for Israel with the international community. And many of them actually believe the settlers are endangering the future of the nation of Israel. But in God's eyes, that's a very big statement. Think about that. But in God's eyes, I I really don't care how the international community sees it. I want to know what God sees. I mean, that's the most important thing, right? In God's eyes, the Jews in Judea are trying to obey his commandment to occupy or possess the land. And consequently, God said that he will just, he said, hey, Tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to save the tensions you to first so that their less devout brethren will not boast against them. And now you know why the land of Israel is disputed territory. You always see it in the news all the time. Occupied territory by the Jews out there. No, no. They're not occupying Palestinian land. Do not believe that for one minute. That is not true. The land is disputed land. By the Israelis. And it's not illegally occupied territory in the eyes of the international community. It is in the eyes of the international community, but not not for a Bible-believing, Bible-teaching Christian. And certainly is not deserving of being boycotted by companies around the world. That That is totally wrong and false. When we take tours to Israel, we take people out there to support those businesses. I have a very good friend that is a business owner. Uh, He owns a huge uh, olive uh, um, orchard, I guess you would call it. And he he has an olive company. They put out olive products for your skin and a lot of stuff. And there's businesses like that that are being boycotted by people around the world because they are pushing the false narrative of the international community. And that's something we cannot do. Do not believe the false narrative because those Jews that are living out there in the West Bank, in Judea, Samaria, those are the Jews that we will warn. Those are the Jews that Jesus warned to flee. When you see the abomination of desolation three and a half years before his second coming, you've got to flee the area because, you know, he said, don't go down. If you're in the top of your house, don't go down in your house to grab your billfold and your clothes. Just hit the ground running. If you're out in the field working, don't go back, run, because there's going to be a great slaughter. It's going to be the great tribulation. There's going to be horrible persecution out there. And so it's a New Testament prophecy. What's end time going to do? We're going to go out there and warn them. We're going to send a magazine prior to that happening, warning them what's coming. And I know many of you are on board with that. You bought into the vision because it's scriptural. And we're going to warn those people and we're going to go on a door knocking campaign. We're going to door knock every home out there. So that's a huge project. Yeah, but nothing is big with God. God can help you through anything. You've got to get a vision from the Lord and you walk. You're being led by the spirit of God. You're walking in this vision. You're focused on the vision and God will help you. That's the way end time ministries has functioned for several decades now. 
And we can't get off into the end time just in the near future and say, well, these projects are too big. No, no. I'm going to be involved in something that is big. I want to win millions of souls before this thing's over with. And I want to go out and preach and teach the gospel of the kingdom of God to this entire world. I had a friend of mine who is a, uh, think about this. I want you to hear this. I had a friend of mine who is a missionary to Azerbaijan, Muslims. And he's going in there and he's winning Muslims, teaching them the gospel of the kingdom of God, and they are converting to Christianity. You say, well, I didn't think that was possible. It absolutely is possible. God gave him a call to Azerbaijan. And these people will, and get this though, what I wanted to tell you. He went, he, when he went in there, he found out that they had been watching end of the age television program on TV. And he said, I can go up and just start trying to talk to them about fishing or whatever. And they're like, nah, you just, we don't want to hear about it. But when he, when he, when they found out that he knew about Baxter, Irvin Baxter and about that he was with the end of the age program or he knew us. They were like, really? Well, sit down, let's talk because they're very interested in Bible prophecy. And you wonder why God gave us a, a call of, uh, to, called us into this prophetic ministry because there are a lot of people around the world that if you walked in there and said, hey, I'm a Christian, want to have a conversation, they'd say, no, nope, get out of here. But we want to talk about Bible prophecy. A lot of people around the world are interested in Bible prophecy. So we are going to reach this world for the gospel of the kingdom of God. We're working with missionaries all over the world to help spread the good news of the gospel. And God has given us a wonderful inroad and it's called Bible prophecy. We're using current events to show how prophecies written 2,000 to 2,500 years ago are coming to pass right now. And we are winning souls literally all over this earth. So I'm I'm just going to say thank you for your support, your prayers, your financial support over the years, keeping us on the radio and TV, because we are reaching people literally all over the world. Those people told uh, my friend that we had been on in television there for years, and they were very familiar with our ministry. So thank you so much, and God bless each and every one of you. This has been End of the Age, brought to you by the faithful partners of End Time Ministries. If you're not currently a partner with End Time Ministries, or if you would like more information, we invite you to call us at 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-363-8463, or visit us online at endtime.com.